In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone, it's February 17th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 68 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Agent Karen. And I'm Agent Maggie. And we're here at the recruiting office of the Can- Canadian Anti-Zombie Border Patrol. Where we will be taking applications for those who want to join up for the team. Please be assured that a rigorous physical exam is necessary. A very rigorous and personal Physical exam. And this is Canada, folks, so you're going to have to, you know, buck up Buttercup, and you're going out jogging in your underpants in the snow. For twice as long if you're Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) And we assure you... Richard Armitage. This is government-related, and you'll see why later. Yes. This actually does tie into something, you guys. Yeah, believe it or not. We're not making this up out of our ass. This, This actually was circulated. So, Adventures in Knitting. Yes. What have you been working on? Okay. Well, as you will prob- all probably know by now, Lily has Spot Monkey. Yeah. Which she's very happy with. <laughs> and there were Sonic levels that I think dogs on Neptune heard. Yes. But that's good. <clears throat> what was what was also enjoyable is that she kept dancing with him, I think, every 20 minutes. Yep. And as we were walking back to the parking lot, she was waving him just at passing motorists. <laughs> yes, we were. That was fun. So Spot Monkey is done. My Easy Ruffle Cardigan is in the one-by-one rib stage. Oh, dear. And you can see where it changed, right there. Yeah, like not even an inch ago. No. I remember, this is 600 stitches around now. And you have to do, like, what, five inches of that? Five inches. Oh, my God. Now, according my gauge, every inch is about eight inches. Oh, eight it. My mathematics is obviously... I caught whatever it was that you had. <laughs> every inch is I eight... can't brain, I have the dumb. Yeah. Every inch is eight stitches. For five inches, that means 40 rounds. Oh, dear. And I've done about six. So, yeah, remember how I said I've got until my birthday to do this? I'm going to probably need until my birthday <laughs> to finish this. I've got a little over a month. Yes. Oh, man, but I'm so close. I will get there. <laughs> It will. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Like said Taurus in the race. I will just keep going forward. Dang nabbit. This is going to be my obsession for the next month. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably just going to start to go a little bit manic. Yeah, after <laughs> towards, working on that. Towards the end. And it, it's not that, the, that, that it's complicated. It's extremely easy. It's entirely all knitting and purling. You just have to have the patience of Job to do it. <laughs> or a lot of distraction. Or a lot of distraction, yes. Now, to go along with Adventures in Knitting, I have a newbie story. Okay. And she's going to kill me when she finds out. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. We love you, Lauren. We love you. This one, you will be so proud. Yes. Okay. So, she's at home for a reading week right now. She met up with her mom on mm-hmm. Friday. Her mom was at a convention down in Niagara Falls at, one of the ho- at the uh, hotels. Yeah. So, while waiting for her mom to get out of a work convention... She wandered around the casino and played some slots. Yes. Now, let me preface this. She is legal age. (laughs) And, you know, she's not exactly spending grocery money or rent money. It was just some amusement time. She won 50 bucks. Yay. You know what she spent it on? Yarn? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Good yarn. Ooh. 
It was, um, because I just had to wheedle it out of her. She got herself, she got yarn for her sister's hat and for her. It was merino, superwash merino, that they wound into a ball for her. And it was in a store in Oakville. You'll have to send, tell me the name of the store. And I think, she said it was America, but I think she meant... Americo. Americo. Yeah. That's probably it. Yeah, that might be it. She bought some good yarn for herself. Yay! And she finished off her dad's hat using DPNs, and nobody showed her how. Ooh, Lauren C. We're going to have to stop calling you the newbie. Yep, Grasshopper is growing up. Yes. So proud of her. <laughs> now remember, we did preface this with she was, a le- she was legal, and this podcast does not endorse rampant gambling and yada, 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 mm-hmm. responsible stuff and whatever. Okay, so there we go. That's my adventures in knitting. <sighs> I have no adventures until that thing's done. Okay, I don't have much for adventures in knitting because I have been busy this week. Uh, my weeks have been either falling into the I work three or four days or I work all six days, Tuesday through Sunday. Sometimes that happens. So, And this has been a longer week. Yeah, so the I got a little bit done on the Cachoeira socks. It's C-A-C-H-O-E-I-R-A. And it's in the Spring 2009 Knitty by Christy Geraci. And I can't even remember what I had... The last time we spoke, but I think I did like three rounds that's on okay. one sock. I think that's, yeah, just about the same as what I've done. I think I finished up, got to the end of the one pattern repeat at knit night, and then the rest of knit night I was just trying not to fall asleep. Yeah, it was a short knit night this week. Yeah. And I have done a few more squares for the blanket that I'm doing for a friend mm-hmm. in the Knit Picks Brava Bulky Weight acrylic but really there's nothing special to talk about because i'm just knitting squares um other than that the only other thing i've done oh yes i got a little more knitting done on my current pair of movie socks oh yeah because i finally went to see les miserables on friday it was my one day off between tuesday and sunday mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they actually had it must have been a pd day or something because they actually had proper matinees not like the starting at 3.30, but like starting at 1.30. Okay. So I went to that and didn't end up sobbing my way through it, as I feared I might. You had probably, you know, spent so much time looking ahead to it that you mentally steeled yourself. Yes. Or I think it's more that I was very distracted by the way it was filmed, because I can see where people have been kind of lukewarm on the movie, because Tom Hooper, the director, who also directed The King's Speech and the miniseries John Adams and some other, like, British series, for some reason decided to go with a lot of close-ups of people when they're singing. And a lot of those times, those close-ups, they are staring straight out of the screen, which is kind of awkward. There's actually a really good article on badassdigest.com by the Film Crit Hulk. So yes, the entire thing is printed in all caps. Okay, fine. Just warning of you that beforehand. Where they talk, there's a really interesting discussion of like, of how movies use certain angles and frame shots in certain ways because almost subconsciously they give us certain feelings about the scene or certain feelings about, um, or bring up certain emotions or, or feel yeah, or see the characters in certain ways. And I think in, it was in here that they mentioned something about how, you know, often close-ups, especially prolonged close-ups are used to make the audience feel 
unnerved. Like, think of the one scene I can think anybody know, can picture from Silence of the Lambs Oi. is close up of Oi. well of Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter like looking straight out of the screen at you. I haven't seen the movie, creepy, creepy. and I know this. Creepy, creepy. Yeah, and it's creepy as hell. So I'm thinking. So in this, he sort of the film crit Hulk <laughs> says that you know it's it's sort of like he he used the used it maybe not realizing exactly how it would come off, and it does come off as it does feel a little weird to be very like like an entire song close up of someone's face, especially when it's a solo. Is it like the song is being sung at you? Sometimes, yes. Wow. Okay, so if anybody else has seen Les Mis, let us know what your opinion is, and if you uh, agree with the uh, camera yeah. angles and shots and etc., or if yeah. you also find it of the creepy creeps. Yeah, that was just one. That was one aspect of it. They also really go. They go really fast. It seems like. But then again, I know it's like I know the musical is like three and a half hours long or something yeah. like that. And so they were like, we gotta cut this down. But it was. Do you hear the people sing? Bam. Okay, we're done with that scene. <laughs> The costumes were really cool, and the sets and everything, when we weren't staring at someone's face, were really cool. <laughs> we could actually see it because we weren't staring right at someone's face. It was really cool, and the okay. singing was pretty good. Cool. Certain people who I was wondering how their singing, I would find their singing, actually didn't annoy me as much as I thought it would. Would this be... Russell Crowe. Yeah. I wasn't entirely sure about how this... I had seen clips, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Man does not exactly have a voice for Broadway, but... Because he has the solo for stars, doesn't he? Yeah. Two solos. Yeah. Well, there's... Because there's, there's stars and there's a reprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right because he... Right before he... I will cut that out in case you're really worried about spoilers, but in case... Like, guys, it's 150 years old. I think the spoiler limit is gone. But I am kind of interested in seeing the stage show again, and I think it actually is going to be returning for a limited engagement in Toronto, so. Well, it's got a revised... I guess you could say the flame that was lit beneath it is yeah. now rekindled. Yes. And it should be especially interesting because I, I have seen the stage show, but I was like 12. This was like a good 20 years ago because it has not been in Toronto since like the early 90s. I would see the movie again, maybe, but it's not like one of the, oh my God, I must see this again. This is not going to be an Avengers where I see it five times. No? Okay. <laughs> Though I did get weepy at the end. I will say, you know, bring the Kleenex for the end, because oh my god. Well, it, you know, Les Mis will do that, you know. Even yeah. if it was sung, you know, backwards in Russian and in clown suits, it would still do that. It's like, well, really, I, yeah. Because, I mean, really, it's it's not a spoiler to say, you know, almost everybody dies in yeah. this movie. So, there you go. So, yeah, I got a, a little bit done. On the movie socks there. Like, I'm not, I got, you know, a good couple, a good few inches. I did have to stop before the end because I did feel like there was a, a drop stitch or something. And when I did go to look at it, I was like, yeah, there's a little bit of a problem here. So I had to wait until, you know, You got a f good few inches and you found it was a little problem? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Maggie! <laughs> Please don't say that in the same content, the same sentence where I'm talking about a movie that has Hugh Jackman in it. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. In that case, I would hope there would be, it would be a big problem. Okay, fine. Hey, well, I... You know I'm scheduled to watch Jeremy Renner tonight, and we'll see how that works. Oh, yes. You're going to watch Hansel and Gretel tonight. Apparently, that is what is scheduled. <laughs> I may have to pull out the Hobbit socks for that. If I mess up the, you know, the knit one, pearl one, ribbed for her pleasure, then what am I going to do? <laughs> I have not come this far just to screw up on the ribbing at the end. Yeah, you really don't want to drop a stitch for this. Mess no, up no, something no, no, horribly no, 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 bad no, 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 now. No, no, What's that big hole in your sweater? Oh, this is for effect, darling. Don't you know? <laughs> Oscar de la Renta has this all over his catwalks. 
But um, at least when it comes to knitting, tomorrow is family day. Yep, here in Canada. It's a Monday holiday. Uh, of course, I have Mondays off anyway because the library's closed on Monday, so it just means I can't do anything. Um, so Lily is going to come over and we're going to watch Skyfall. Ooh. She hasn't seen it yet. And I'm going to be getting some knitting done. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Well, if the husband goes out with the little boy tomorrow. Yeah, I might send the husband out. And you want to come over. Hey, you and the, you and the uh, child go out. Have some male bonding time. I'm going over to Karen's. Yeah. I'm going to drool over Daniel Craig. Whatever. Anyway. So, yes, that's me. I have thoughts and plans and things, but I think I'll save it until they actually become actual things. Actual knitted things that I can discuss. So, moving into Geek Squee. So, as we mentioned before, there is concern for zombies at the Canadian-U.S. border. Serious enough concern that it was brought up by... (laughs) In uh, the House of Commons in Canada. <laughs> yep. Actually, apparently it was an, an MDP MP, a uh, member of parliament, uh, Pat Martin, who asked the foreign, the Minister of Foreign Affairs if he's working with his American counterparts to develop an international zombie strategy for dealing with a possible zombie outbreak in North America. Because, as he stated, zombies have no regard for borders, so that this would be an international problem, you know, a continent-wide problem. Mm -hmm. Yes, people, this actually happened in government, and there is video footage of it, seriously. Apologies if you guys can hear my dishwasher in the background. We are upstairs so that Mom can get her Downton Abbey on. (laughs) But we can still record. Anyway, I'm looking at an article from February 13th from the National Post about, entitled, Canada will never be a safe haven for zombies, Foreign Minister John Baird tells House of Commons. If you look at the article, there is actual footage from YouTube. Or actually, if you if you go to YouTube, because this is hosted on YouTube, go to YouTube, put in House of Commons zombie apocalypse, and you'll probably bring up this video. Of the actual question getting asked in the House of Commons. And you can see people behind the speakers, not the speakers, but behind the different uh, members. They're just suddenly realizing, did he say zombies? And they just suddenly (laughs) find themselves laughing. And when the speaker addresses the Minister of Foreign Affairs, you can hear him laughing as he talks. Yeah. But the the thing that, the exchange that this came from was um, the Quebec's public security department says it's going to be using a hypothetical zombie attack as a preparation exercise during a symposium on, symposium on civil security next week. Hence the inspiration for the question. Sure, why not? And similar exercises, it says, has been, have been used by the U.S. and B.C. governments. But it was good to hear that... Uh, that Foreign Affairs Minister John Baird told everyone in the House of Commons that he is dedicated, yeah, his joke, not mine, to ensuring that this never happens. Which, considering we are relatively close to the U.S. border, mm, yeah, is a good thing to hear. Don't zombie movies always start out like some place that's really super uber populated, like maybe New York City or something like that? Sometimes I think if it is a disease type model. That would certainly be the easiest place for it to really get a foothold. Somewhere with a lot of population in a small area. Yeah. Some, you know, especially with, like, mass, mass transit. I might have to rethink my fallback place for the uh, zombie apocalypse, that farm over across the border, because... Oh, yes. Yeah, oh. Might be safer on this side of the border. Might be. You know what? We might have to ask Michelle whether or not we can hold out at the, hill, at the uh, wineries. Ooh. Because then... 
you know, all of those lines, you know, mm-hmm. they can be, you know, they can be a hindrance to zombies, all of the vines. Yeah, and it would force them into these rows. Yeah. They would have to travel single file through these rows, which easy makes pickings, it easier to pick them easy off. Easy pickings off, yeah. Also, winery. Why not? We got, <laughs> I mean, the wine and the stash. There we go. Yeah, the, and they've obviously they've already got lots of sellers for where yeah. to keep stuff. Yeah. Barricade ourselves in. We might have to approach this with Michelle. Yep. Yeah. Michelle? You heard that. And then heading over to a fictional... Invasion. Invasion. Thankfully fictional. Yes. Um, you may have, if you follow certain people on Twitter, you may have seen photos of this. But for the upcoming TV drama about the history of Doctor Who, an adventure in space and time, they have recreated a scene from the 1964 Doctor Who serial, The Dalek Invasion of Earth, in London, in the last couple days. And that for anybody who saw that on the way going to work, <laughs> like no work was done for the first yes. three hours. Because I mean, you see the bridge heading straight towards Parliament, Parliament, and Big Ben, and there are Daleks heading across the bridge, and they're the old-fashioned kind of Daleks. They're not uber new kind. We saw people getting suited up in them, and I'm like, dude, you know what? It would be like a dream to drive one. Of- to drive one of those. Like, kids would be pulling straight A's for a month before if they were told, okay, all of the honor roll students get to drive a Dalek. (laughs) And you can actually see a video of the preparations for this very, very early in the morning, it looks like, on io9. But if you, io9.com, right now it's just io9.com slash Doctor Who with a dash in between Doctor and Who. And... You'll see Mark Gatiss, who some of you may recognize as Mycroft from Sherlock. And you can probably tell from his, from his voice exactly how early in the morning it is, because he <laughs> sounds like he just rolled out of bed. Yeah. It's kind of surreal to watch. The, even watching the, ma- the making of video, it's kind of surreal to see Daleks going across the bridge toward <laughs> the Houses of Parliament and Big Ben. And also, about the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, it looks like... The 60-minute special about the Doctor Who 50th anniversary is going to be broadcast in 3D, as well as in movie theaters. Cool. I don't know how widespread in movie theaters. I don't know. It might be more of a British movie theater thing. I don't know how many. Yeah, showrunner Stephen Moffat said, It's about time. Technology has finally caught up with with Doctor Who, and your television is now bigger on the The inside. inside. Nice. So it should be interesting to see how that happens, especially if if it's going to be shown at movie theaters elsewhere in the world. Now, in slightly closer to home geek news, and also about things that one had to get on top of at a very early hour of the morning. I am so not taking that and running with it. That was not nice to dangle that in front of me like that. Yesterday morning? I can't remember what day it is. What day are they they saying it is? I think it was yesterday morning. See, it says the 17th, but... Today, then, today is but the But I seem to remember seeing the Baker Street Babes talking about this yesterday morning. Yes. Yesterday morning, if you guys wanted to go to the San Diego Comic-Con, well, if you weren't online yesterday morning, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, you had a window of 96 minutes. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, badges for, went, for Comic-Con went on sale at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and by 10.36, they were all gone. I seem to remember earlier... From what I saw people tweeting, because the Baker Street Babes, a podcast about all things Sherlock, um, I think they were trying to, a couple people from there were trying to go, and it looked like you had to refresh like crazy to get 
or to try, you had to jump on the site like crazy to uh, very early to try and get a spot in a waiting line. Yeah. And if you managed to get it, it would come up with a screen saying you have place number and you'd be like number whatever in the line. And then you just waited until it changed to, okay, now you can buy your ticket. And like one, you know, person by person, yeah. people would be able to buy tickets. I think it was even faster. That's crazy. For that. Like, I think it was like two or three minutes or something. You had to be on the site within the first, like, two minutes or something. Or refresh it within the first two minutes or something to get your spot in the waiting line. Wow. Sign of the geekdom times. Now, the thing is, this is the second year in a row that SDCC has done it this way. and Where they have to register on the site beforehand. Apparently last year, that didn't go very well with the con eventually having to resell 5,000 returned or refunded badges. Now, out of, I believe it's 130,000. Okay. Because I think it's around the same population as our city at Comic-Con. Yeah. Oh, man. Part of me really wants to go, and part of me is just like, holy crap, that's going to be craziness. So there may be, there may be sell, you know, sell-offs of badges at a later date. Now, do they have any rules on there to make sure that people aren't buying, say, 20? 20. I don't, I don't know. Again, this, the, the, the site for the Mary Sue. If anybody listening was part of the craziness, please let us know how the process went. I know, or what the process involves. I know there were a lot of complaints. Deadline apparently said that there were lots of server errors and site crashes even, even before the sales started. And then it says many fans reported bumping up against permanent site overcapacity mes- messages. The IT of that particular server dealing with those things, or multiple servers, must have been just, like, drinking hardcore by the end mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, it says apparently with each announcement of sold-out badges, the convention's Twitter feed blew up with new gripes from baffled customers. <laughs> Social media is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's like you also, it gives you a way to, to reach your customers, but it also gives people a way to scream at you. Yes, it do. I've seen a couple airlines in the last couple of weeks having to deal with that. Oh, speaking of such things, social media and whatnot, I don't know if we should mention it, but have you seen about Nitty and getting hacked again? Nitpicks got hacked. Sorry, not Nitty. Nitpicks, yeah. Yes, Ashley, as a PSA, if anybody who's listening list ordered from Nitpicks uh, within the last few months, you may want to take a careful look at your credit card statements or debit card statements. Because apparently they were hacked at some point. Somehow people got access. I wasn't. It wasn't clear. Partly because nitpicks did not make it clear. I heard that um, they got hacked December, January, and February. Mm-hmm. So not making any statements here, but just be responsible for your own accounting mm-hmm. and your personal information that could be violated if people aren't careful. Yeah, the good thing is I've seen a few people who said that they think that... Because there have been quite a few other hacking things that have been going on lately. So there's some people that have said they got their things hacked, but they haven't ordered from nitpicks in years. In which case it might be... It could be from something else, because apparently there's a lot of instances of this going on lately. Okay. Um, and where people... Well, then people will try and charge things to people's credit card accounts, like flights to, like the philippines or something yeah and it looks like it looks like a few thing few people have said that their cards did try to be used but their credit card companies caught it flagged them and declined yeah flagged it but yeah you might want to double check your statement or whatever if you are able to check if you have a credit card where you can check those things online 
Do so. Definitely be a good idea to do that, to check it every couple days to see if there's anything that has come up. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a good motto, especially around this time where it's tax season and you want to be careful, check your accounts the same way you would check your email at least once a day, at least until this particular scare is over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just carefully double check stuff. There are the, there's threads in the Ravelry needlework on the net forum, which is one of those automatic forums that you are automatically subscribed subscribe to if you're on Ravelry. So feel free to look at that. I'll also see if I can find some non-Ravelry websites that might deal with it. I know of one, but that doesn't give, but it doesn't give a lot of detail. So we'll try and find one with more detail. Okay. So on to happier things. Oh yes. Shield pilot wrapped. I cannot wait for this freaking show. That was just in case any of you had fallen asleep, you yes. know, talking about all of that, you know, legally stuff. But... Needed the squeal to keep you awake. Oh my god, damn it, I can't wait. Anyway. And, and of course, it still has to go through all that, you know, getting picked up. Oh, I know. Like, seriously? You I could, want it now. You could call this show Alphabet Soup, and it would still get picked up. Mm-hmm. I want it so bad. This is Phil Coulson's magic school bus. Yep, we'll take oh it. Oh my god! I think I just broke Karen. <laughs> oh my god! The mental images. Coulson dressed up like Mrs. Frizzle. Come on, kid. Pile on the school bus. And all the Avengers are as as oh, oh kids. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, the A babies basically. Yeah. Oh my god! Okay, yes. Anyway, but in other comic bookie movie things that have been have had some interesting news this week. Um, apparently, X-Men Days of Future Past has added yet someone else to its cast. And this time, it's Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, this is going to be good. According to Mary Sue, uh, MTV Geek got some news from a tipster who prefers to remain anonymous, but is extremely reliable. Okay. Okay, whatever that means. They had two cups of coffee instead of half. The rumor is he might be playing Bolivar Trask, creator of the mutant hunting robot Sentinels. Okay. But at the very least, in Variety, Brian Singer confirmed that Dinklage was going to be playing the main antagonist. Cool. So he's going to be playing a bad guy. Cool. I don't know if he's playing that specific bad guy, but he's going to be playing a bad guy. And he, it's going to be awesome. He does good with the don't fuck with me mm-hmm. you know, kind of roles. And actually, MTV Geek has apparently has a rundown on who Trask is in the comics, and says that he's more of a morally complex character than necessarily an outright villain. Okay. Which could be very interesting. As for other little news that's been released about Days of Future Past, apparently Brian Singer has confirmed that the movie will take place in the 1970s, about 10 years after the end of First Class. And apparently it's going to be in 3D. Though it looks like they're going to be shooting in 3D and not doing post-conversion. Like most of the 3D movies. So that could be interesting. Shooting it natively is usually better. 3D is so all the rage and I haven't heard that good of a... Yeah. I mean, is, is everybody doing it just to be one of the cool kids? Cool kids and higher ticket prices. Oh, okay. I think is the thing. I don't think there's a lot of people that are really that... I don't into think that, it. I think with the audiences, I don't think there's a lot of people that are really that enthused. Or really like, oh my god, I need to see this in 3D. Because if the movie is good, mm-hmm. the 3D, I don't know. I mean, I saw Avengers like five times. Only once was that in 3D. And that was only because it was only the 3D time slot that worked. I saw it in 2D all the other times. And I didn't care because I enjoyed the movie. movie the itself. movie was about the plot and the yeah. characters. Oh, well. 
it's very rare that I actually feel like, okay, I really do need to see a movie in 3D. But yeah, so actually, so Days of Future Past is looking like it could be very interesting. Yeah. And I really want to see it. When's that due out? It's not coming out till next year. It's still in pre-production. Okay. So project. it looks like, at the moment, it looks like the release date is going to be the 18th of July, 2014. Okay. So maybe next year will also be another awesome geek movie year. Oh my god. That'd be awesome if there's like three geek movie years in a, in a row, row. Considering like, I was just discussing this with someone who was watching Avengers and tweeting about it. Like this year is such a, uh, last year was such an awesome geek movie year. It was. It was because a good we year. had Avengers, uh, Dark Knight Rises, Hobbit, Pixar, we had Brave, we had, I have a feeling there's a couple of other things I'm forgetting. And then this year, we've got Iron Man 2, uh, Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Two, Star Trek Into Darkness, Hobbit 2, couple other things I can't remember right now. Yeah. And then next year, it looks like we're getting even more awesome! I cannot wait. I'm gonna need, to, I was saying, I'm going to need to stock up on more socks that rock. Your, ho- your uh, my, movie knitting? My stash of stocks, socks that rock has been depleted in the past year. This is a good thing. Okay, and now moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Taking Peter Dinklage from X-Men and back to his native home ground of Game of Thrones, there are Game of Thrones official plushies. And they include the dragon eggs. Dire wolves. The dire wolves, which look uber cutesy for dire wolves. And shields with the house logos on them. Yes. And dragons. Yeah, the shields are basically like shield-shaped pillows. Pillows is what they are, yeah. It's adorable. Yeah, it's kind of cute and adorable. The dire wolves are cute. I'm sorry, I just have this urge to take... Who's a cute little dire wolf? Oh, you're a cute little dire wolf. (laughs) I want to take the uh, dragon eggs and just start bouncing bouncing them like, you know, a beach ball at a concert. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. I'm sure that will happen at some Comic-Con party. Oh yeah. Hey, (laughs) it's going to happen in a Harlem Shake, we know that. Oh, God. Yeah, in case you haven't heard about the latest dance craze, just look up Harlem Shake on YouTube. And actually thinking of the pillows as home decor, you can also include some Lord of the Rings in your home decor. Because apparently... Oh, my God. See, I don't there know. is a line of ceramics coming out, like licensed ceramic stuff, of cookie jars and salt and pepper sets of Lord of the Rings characters. You have to twist Gandalf's head and pull it off to get a cookie. Yeah. Not really sure how I feel about that. <laughs> or you could have the snogging Aragorn and Arwen salt and pepper shakers. Gag me with a spoon. Sorry, my thing about Arwen. Or Sorry. there's Galadriel and Frodo. That's kind of cute. Or there's, if you want to make it obvious which is which, there's the Saruman and Gandalf the Gr- Saruman the White and Gandalf the Grey salt and pepper shaker. You know there are going to be times at the dinner table where they're going to be doing dueling and eventually <laughs> eventually those staffs are going to have to be duct taped yes i'm assuming that's supposed to be boromir legolas and gimli legolas and gimli on horses are those salt and pepper shakers i think so well there's a pair of them so you can also get an aragorn cookie jar aragorn travel mug aragorn nightlight oh my god yeah if you go to big bad toy store and just look in the Lord of the Rings section. You can see all this stuff. If I want an Aragorn nightlight, I want Viggo Mortensen next to me lighting up a cigarette. They're not really that good. No. 
They don't actually look that good. This is more for the lulls, you yeah. guys. Because they don't actually look... A lot of them don't actually look that good. Now, for something that looks much better, there is also, and slightly classier, uh, Harlequin Goldsmiths have joined with BBC Worldwide to create limited edition jewelry in sterling silver and nine carat gold set themed around Doctor Who. Yay! So if you ever wanted a pair of TARDIS earrings... You can have gold them. TARDIS earrings. Or, ooh, ooh, Sonic Screwdriver earrings. Nice. A Dalek pendant. pendant. Oh. Ooh, are those cufflinks? Are those cufflinks? That would be really TARDIS nice. TARDIS cufflinks. That would be nice. I could see them on a groom in a geeky kind of wedding. Sonic Screwdriver charm. And a TARDIS and a Dalek. Doctor Who logo. A key with the Doctor Who logo on it. Yeah, if you go to Harlequin Goldsmiths, and it's harlequin-goldsmiths.com slash doctor-who. You can find all the jewelry and things that they're offering. And there's quite the price range. You know, thinkgeek.com sells those sells little stud earrings that are actually flashing LED lights. Mm-hmm. If you had the red ones with the Daleks, with the Dalek pendant, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Exterminate. Yeah, actually, it looks like the silver TARDIS drop earrings are going to be 39 pounds. Well, 40 pounds, really, because it's 39.99. Same with the Dil- silver Dalek drop earrings. The charms look like they're, they're tw- uh, 30 pounds. Gold-plated charms more like 45 pounds. Up to the gold-plated sonic screwdriver pendant necklace, which is going to be about 90 pounds. So if you wanted to show your geekiness in a classy kind of way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get yourself, or like you said, gold-plated TARDIS stud earrings. TARDIS your, stud earrings. Maybe those were the ones we on. saw. Actually, they might not have been cufflinks. Which, if they don't have cufflinks, what the hell, guys? Seriously. Yeah, it looked like those were stud earrings, not cufflinks. Which, seriously, dudes, what were you thinking? Oh, and finally, speaking of zombies from earlier, if you want to test your skills against escaping zombies... This would be a good warm-up for the application process. Yes. There's the Walking Dead board game. You can find it at cryptozoic.com, C-R-Y-P-T-O-Z-O-I-C.com. And it looks like you have to grab weapons, visit destinations, like the department store, police station, the CDC, find tools to survive, and take on the roles of one of the characters from The Walking Dead (laughs) to do so. Keep your eyes open for new allies, but watch your back. When supplies start running low, it's every man for himself. If you can make it back to camp with enough gear to defend yourself and those you still care for, you win! Should you fall to the hungry horde of walkers, the game doesn't end. Yeah, it looks like you can actually become a walker and then start hunting the survivors. Yeah. (laughs) So this looks like it could be a very interesting game. And if you actually look at the website at Cryptozoic, they have videos of what's inside the box, how to play, and show a group of people playing it. Looks like it's for one to four players. Ages 13 and up, and it looks like the re- suggested retail is about 40 bucks. So, pretty so you cool. might want to keep your eye out for that. Yeah. And start training. Yeah. Only the best will be accepted on our zombie border, border patrol. Okay. So, on that note, I think we have to start going to do some rounds. Yep. And I've got sugar cookies to sustain us. All right. <laughs> so and let's uh, go I, I saw the uh, fortifications of tea. Yeah. We are, we are well stocked. We have enough tea to last through the worst of zombie apocalypses. <laughs> I counted earlier, I think we have like at least 12 brands of tea, types of tea in our house. And you mentioned before that your stash is pretty formidable. 
Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> so we should be good. We got tea. If we can go to the winery, we'll have wine and we'll have yarn. We should be damn good. Yep. Sounds good to me. All right, then. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. Okay, so, okay, so we're at Knit Night, and we have a, well, Maggie has a little present for Lillian, and we are going to record her reaction to it. Mickey Mouse roll call, count off now. Who's here? Karen! Maggie! Lily! Carrie! Press! Here we go. <laughs> I don't know how many of those we picked up, but... Rocky! Bullwinkle! Ten points if you've seen Rocky Horror. How many times? <laughs> Multiples. Okay. 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 Okay, here we go. <laughs> close your eyes, Lily. No, she doesn't have to close her eyes. I feel stupid closing my eyes in a store. <laughs> oh, he's so cute! He's got the sideburns in the eye. Oh, he's so cute! Isn't that... Perfect. <laughs> oh my god, he's so cute! They're like absolutely perfect. That's amazing. Oh, here. <laughs> okay, She's bouncing up and down. Live here now. Somehow we have to uh, be able to get that dance on. <laughs> he's so cute. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He's oh, got the ears and ooh, I like. <laughs> and the eyebrows. <laughs> yes, he's got the eyebrows. He's got the um. The hair. The hairline and the sideburns. That is awesome. And he's got the few night awesome attention to detail. He's got the ears. He's got the appropriate colored shirt. He's got double gold bands at the wrists. He's got, commander. And he's got the science shield insignia. I like it. So will he be going with you to see the new Star Trek? I think so. I think he'll be going with me to see the new Star Trek movie. I think he's going to be going with, you know, Lillian everywhere. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, she's going to sleep with her. <laughs> well, if you can't wow. have Zach, if you can't have Zachary. Wow. I was going to say, can you do well, a Zachary Captain wouldn't Kirk? be interested either. No. Can you do a Chris Pine? <laughs> are we going to get little animations? Are we still recording? <laughs> yes, yes, we are. We are still recording. Yes. An anatomically correct Chris Pine? Yep. I don't know. I'm going to have to get a reference for that. I think. <laughs> Probably full body naked reference for that. Mm-hmm. Then so what are you going to ask for, Snake? Or. <laughs> Did you see that they did, redid the cover? Harry Potter. Philosopher's Stone, 15-year anniversary. They redid the cover. Mm. I don't know. It's time to check it out. Oh, it's really, really cute, actually. Okay. Um, it's on the Mary Sue website somewhere. Or Mary Sue pinned it. Spock. Someone here always has tech with them. <laughs> he's on Facebook. <laughs> I've had him for less than a minute, and he's on Facebook already. I like it. He even has uh, seams where the shirt sleeves are. Yes, he does. That is... Oh, you did good. Good. I'm glad you like him. And he has hair, you did his hair detail. That is insane. I like it. Good. <laughs> it's too bad you couldn't have figured out a way to do this. You know what? When, when I showed it to Trey, and, and he... And like, he I, this and he is amazing. Like this. this is amazing. I'm like not this. saying it. No, no, no. When I showed it to Trey, and Trey went like this, I'm like... 
damn it, you tell you give me the idea now. <laughs> but I wouldn't know how you would do that. I would figure we're out. We're talking a way. about the Vulcan hand sign, by the way, because we're yes. recording and I might edit it down so that it actually gets included. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, um, He's perfect, Maggie. Yeah. I love him. Game of Thrones plush toys. What? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they got whiplash over here. <laughs> Oh, oh those are good lord. Dragon eggs and I want the dragon eggs. I want the dragon eggs. And shield pillows. I have to find an awesome place for them. I will put it beside my autograph picture of Leonard Nimoy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Here we go. Did you see it? Yes. It's done by the same guy that does the, the, the amulet graphic novel. I like it. I it think is, it's yeah, it is it's really nice. pretty. I think see. it's uh I think it holds true to the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. It's so much better than the blonde Anne of Green Gables. Mm-hmm. Let's not go there. <laughs> so, speaking of last, that's week. so wrong. Though so, they do mention here, they do they have noted that, of course, the U.S. version is still being called and the Sorcerer's Stone. What else? I was trying to explain that sweater to my husband. Ah, which? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I said, I said, yes, that. That's lovely. Is that the blanket Three. you're remaking for somebody? Cause I need, I need one like it, yeah. This is the one I make a lot for <laughs> I really hope. See that little water, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll save my ire at Internet Explorer for when I'm actually on a proper microphone. So my Valentine's Day treat for the office tomorrow is raw and vegan. Okay. Because we have a new... The new editor is vegan, and I like to try and include everybody. Raw. Are there more cookies? Yes. May I have a cookie, please? Thank you. So right now, I have a raw vegan chocolate cream cake. That sounds okay. both delicious and disgusting. It actually tastes pretty good. Think of, sorry, think, sorry. Think of a mousse that sort of solidifies into a cake. Okay. Rob. Rob, what do you think that'll do? You don't mind oh, me yes. throwing those? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> now he what made them. Look, he's so cute. <laughs> 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 All right. Get the continuous squeal. <laughs> We've had enough sugar.